Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. This morning we've had the wonderful opportunity in worship to celebrate the multi-generational nature of the church. We've had a baptism of an infant, we've had children sing, and our text of scripture today comes from 2 Kings, the second chapter, and it's about a transition from one generation to another. I invite you to listen for God's word as it comes to us from 2 Kings chapter 2. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the company of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha. They said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, and as they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So gracious God, we have come to hear a word from the Lord. So speak to us now. And quiet within us any voice but your own. For we pray in the name and for the sake of Christ our Lord. Amen. In Nashville, Tennessee, a young woman named Samantha Williams produces organic pancake mix from a nutritious blend of nine ingredients, all manufactured mostly by women, 
employees who are transitioning from homelessness to stability and productivity. Samantha is a Presbyterian who in the last decade participated in a program entitled the Young Adult Volunteer Program. In fact, it was that Young Adult Volunteer Program that first brought her to Nashville. She ran a free tax preparation program for low-income people in downtown Nashville that grew in that year that she was there from three sites to 12. She was so successful that the local United Way and the Metro government invited her to stay for an additional year at their expense. She's a Nebraska native, but she found a home there, and more importantly, she found a calling there, a vocation. She says it's about much more than what you get paid to do. She's developed and produces a healthy, sustainable product that also provides income and employment for women striving to overcome homelessness. And they work out of a kitchen at the Woodland Presbyterian Church there. Samantha and her family attend the Second Presbyterian Church in Nashville. But it was her involvement in the church and through the church that she was able to find a sense of her own calling and vocation in life. She and her husband have two boys. And together as a family, they're making a difference in the world. Now, the Young Adult Volunteer Program encourages young adults between the ages of 19 and 30 years old to spend a year living in an intentional Christian community in one of 16 different national sites and six international sites. They're celebrating this year their 25th anniversary, and in that time, some 1,700 young people have invested a year of service in a lifetime of change. Through the experience, they they forged a sense of calling. Some have gone on into ministry as pastors of churches. Others have had ministries like Samantha's. The Young Adult Volunteers provides the opportunity to discern a way to use your life and equips young people to live transformative lives like Samantha's. Now, in a denomination in which the median age is 62 years old and the average age is 60 years old, the challenge of engaging young people in relevant ways is significant. 52% of young people surveyed between the ages of 18 and 35 who have dropped out of the church have said it's because of, quote, some sort of religious, ethical, or political beliefs, end quote. To reverse what is really an exodus of young people from the church What are we prepared to do? Can we do more to ensure that little Abigail, who we just baptized here, and those children who just sang in morning worship, finds this church a place 
where they can explore their God-given talents and gifts and they can find a way to invest themselves in transforming the world. To be part of what God is doing to redeem the world around us. Now, clearly we provide Sunday school classes and mission adventures and confirmation class and opportunities for college students and seminary students like Hector to be interns here at the church, to explore their calling, to discover what God may be doing in their life. But we may need to do more than we are doing now if we intend to stay relevant for a generation that wants to do more in life than simply give to a charity. They want to make a real difference in their world by the way they live and by what they eat and by how they spend their time. I wonder if we couldn't establish a site for the Young Adult Volunteer Program in Los Angeles. Every generation has the challenge of succession planning. How do we hand over the keys to the next generation to drive the church and the world forward? In the past decade, I've heard this language about a generation that's a failure to launch. And in describing some young people in our own community, some have talked about the lost boys to describe the plight of young men trying to find their way in our world today. Our text this morning tells the story of one young man who succeeded another. And he was a great man with big shoes to fill. It's a text that transitions this season of Epiphany to the season of Lent, which is about to begin with Ash Wednesday. Elisha has an epiphany. It's a vision in the midst of the whirlwind. And the crisis faced in this transition of leadership in the text is from one generation to another. There's enormous anxiety about the successor. Will there be enough authority? Will the successor have the power needed for the task that lies ahead? Some years ago, Franklin Roosevelt had to work to persuade Harry Truman to be his running mate in the 1944 presidential election. Truman really preferred to stay in the Senate, but the incumbent vice president, Henry Wallace, was so unpopular that Franklin Roosevelt had to persuade Truman. So with reluctance, Truman accepted the position And shortly after the inauguration on April 12, 1945, Truman was summoned to the White House. And he was ushered into Eleanor Roosevelt's sitting room and then informed by her that the president was dead. After a moment of stunned silence, Truman asked Mrs. Roosevelt, is there anything I can do for you? And she shook her head. Is there anything we can do for you, she said, for you're the one in trouble. A 
leadership passed in that sitting room that day. And Harry Truman became the President of the United States. An unexpected development at a critical time in American history. He may not have wanted the job, but it fell to him to shoulder the responsibility of it. And I guess the question is always, when leadership passes, will we be found faithful? We may not seek it, nor do we want it, but if we should walk away from our responsibility, something of enormous value will be lost. Individually, we all learn somewhere along the way to shoulder our own pack and to face our responsibilities. And each generation must take up leadership and carry forward the great ideas and commitments of the past or watch them fall into disuse and disrepair. Every one of us who has buried our parents knows the challenge of facing death ourselves and the responsibility of trying to bring up our children and grandchildren to shoulder their responsibilities in life. It's a whirlwind. But sometimes the Lord speaks in the midst of the whirlwind. Elijah was the great prophet of the northern kingdom who challenged kings and queens. He was rough-hewn. He was an outdoorsman. He was capable of sustaining deprivation and discomfort. Firm in his beliefs, never without an opinion. Elijah was the prophet that many thought had returned in John the Baptist. Elijah was the prophet that the disciples saw standing next to Moses when Jesus experienced the transfiguration. And Elijah is the prophet that the Jews opened the door for during the Passover and they pour a glass of wine in the hopes that he will return. But even the great Elijah had to hand over the work to another, to a younger Elisha. The work was not finished when he came to the end of his life. There was more yet to do. In the case of Elijah, it was left to Elisha to take up the task of his mentor and to press forward the agenda of God. And Elisha crossed over that day from a boy to a man, from a student to a teacher, from a novice to an expert, from a follower to a leader. Many of us can remember in our own lives those moments, those seasons when we crossed over too. We became adults somewhere along the way. We may have discovered the rather uncomfortable experience of no longer having a generation between us and that great river crossing known as death. We may have said goodbye to a spouse and found ourselves doing things we've never had to do before. We may have been catapulted into leadership by events no one could have predicted. And rarely do we feel qualified or prepared for that responsibility when it lands. John Calvin, the great father of the Reformed tradition, himself said 
the providence of God, quote, put me in the game. I wonder if that isn't what Samantha Williams experienced, a kind of being put in the game. So what boundary are you crossing in life this morning? What whirlwind are you in the midst of? And are you prepared to carry forward any great idea or great commitment from the past to ensure that it doesn't fall into disuse and disrepair? It seems to me every one of us should be concerned about the next generation. Every one of us can do something to prevent a failure to launch or another lost boy by encouraging simply our children and grandchildren, by helping them to identify what they're gifted and skilled at, helping them to develop those abilities, giving them something to live for other than their own selfish ambitions and self-centered goals. Because it seems to be that if we don't give them something worth dying for, we have not given them something worth living for. Here in the church, we ought to be able to introduce another generation to these grand ideas of the redemption of human life. That we can live in a way that makes a difference in the world for others. That we can build real community. We can actually care for others. We can help generations in transition. Even if it's just in our own church family and in our surrounding community. What great unfinished work are we dedicated to advance today? What sacrifices are we prepared to make for the next generation? I hope we're all dedicated to a legacy of a life well lived. Supporting that which leads to life for others and dedicated to serving the Lord who is the author and sustainer of all life. We have unfinished work together in the whirlwind of life. But I'm confident the Lord will meet us in the midst of that whirlwind and will press us into the game to make a difference for the sake of those who will follow us here and for those children who were just in worship with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.